This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by Space Jam, a new legacy in theaters and I think on HBO, July 16th, 2021. It's Space Jam 2, the sequel, a new legacy, Space Jam. I'm, huh, hmm, uh, Fallout Boy? I don't know. Uh, and I'm Ed Sheeran? Hmm. And this is, um, uh, Ear Buddies? Caught me flat-footed there, bud. I don't even know. Yeah. Um, well, look, uh, the... <laughs> It's easier to do those when, when uh, there's uh, a real a topic at hand that lends itself to a little riff. Um, yeah, a main character of sorts. Yeah, um, but so, not today. Not today. Not your fault. Not anyone's fault. Today we're talking about something that doesn't really have a main character, aren't we, Tim? Hmm. Oh, here I thought you were about to introduce the topic like no, a like a. I yeah. let you do that. I just that's like a real co-host. No, no, okay, no, no. I uh, never talking. Thank you, pal, for clearing the <laughs> clearing the way for me here to say this episode is about interpolation. You don't have to say just what you did. I already know. I had to go and find out from there. You know, real grammar heads, bud, real Matt and Tim heads are going to say, hey, wait a sec, this is a rerun, because we have, we actually covered this in uh, a long forgotten episode of our old pod. Yeah, uh, and our old pod, as real... (laughs) As real Matt and Tim heads know, was about grammar. So why were we talking about that then? Um, because we were we we felt the the shackles of that particular uh, topic, that subject, and we were really pushing against them at that time, as I recall. Because we had so much more to say than just dot your eyes and cross your t's. <laughs> That's right. That's why we killed that pod. Onward. <laughs> <laughs> Onward. So, well, here's the thing, though, pal. I think the discussion is going to be even more interesting this time. A, because we're older, wiser, and cooler. Mm-hmm. And B, because there have been some uh, fascinating new examples of interpolation and more discussion around it uh, since last time we spoke. That's right. It's it's it has been years. Uh, so, look, let's uh, let's do our classic good teacher thing, um, where I'll tell I'll tell you guys I'll tell all of us what interpolation is. Please, um, here's what interpolation is. It is when a usually a melody or another aspect of a song uh, is recreated in some way in a new song. To be clear, this is not to be confused with sampling, though. Yes, because yes. Sampling is where you lift the actual audio from an existing piece of music and drop it into yours or chop it up or screw it up however you want. Uh, This is just reworking or uh, just retaking an existing melody or idea and uh, dropping it into your own piece. That's right. Yeah. And that is a a very important distinction to be made. We're not talking about sampling. Um, Frankly, sampling is much more... Uh, cut and dried, much more straightforward than mm-hmm. this interpolation business. Um, so, Tim, let's not waste time here. Uh, <laughs> people have places to be. They've got <laughs> they've got clocks to punch. Let's get into this. This is every so often you're sitting, you know, at a Class B basketball game, <laughs> or you're driving in your car and you have the radio on. And you hear a song, and you say, I've heard this before. Am I out of my head? Am I out of my mind? If you only knew the bad things that I 
But but you haven't because it's a new song. It's a new top forty hit of some sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then you you realize, oh oh yeah, I see. They're just they're just taking that melody from uh, Fastball uh, out of my head. <laughs> yep. And uh, dropping it into uh, uh, a, a new cool pop song. Was I out of my head? Was I out of my mind? How could I have ever been so blind? I was waiting for an indication. It was hard to find. Okay, that's exactly it. So, Tim, let me play the part of, well, I don't know if it's Devil's Advocate, but let me just freak out for a second. Please. What's happening? What? 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 Why are we doing this? You hear a new song, you've never heard it before, but you kind of have heard it before. At least you've heard the main, you've heard the the meat on the bones of it before. You've you've basically heard this before, and yet it's getting major play. What is happening? Why well, why is this such a thing that's happening? Why am I freaking out about it? Well, isn't part of it, bud, that nostalgia, you know, sells because if you're a 90s kid, for in, using the example I, I gave earlier, if you're a 90s kid, you knew the song Out of My Head by Fastball. Sure, great, cool. You haven't thought about it for 15 years. Great. But some producer thought about it again and said, ooh, this will tickle that little part of a lot of people's brains if we just reuse this melody. And it's sort of a, um, without having to call attention to it, it's like an in-joke almost, like an inside, like a wink to uh, people who have been listening to pop music for, you know, longer than a year or whatever. <laughs> um, and, you know, you score a couple uh, uh, dopamine points, don't you? Yes. I'm going to I'm going to just say absolutely you do. But is that all that's happening here? Is it is it simply trying to kind of nudge people who are older than 20 years old and say hey check this out again well maybe not pal it kind of seems like you think it's not (laughs) it does seem it seems my tone and my phrasing (laughs) makes it seem like perhaps i don't think it's only that um great catch tim Uh, thank you so yeah so i do i do think it is it is larger that because it is uh it's sort of a it's a baked in if not hit, then it's it's a baked-in um, success for a lot of people. You hear that and you say, "Oh, sweet, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to this. It does something for me." Um, so that yeah, like for like for instance, uh, Fallout Boy, Uma Thurman, right? Yeah. Hey, the Monsters theme, hell yeah, like, yeah, cool. Bring it back. Yeah, Roll yeah, yeah, again. right. Yep. When Fallout Boy takes the Munsters theme, they have they they legally must list the composer of that theme as a co-writer of the song. Uh, and when you're a co-writer, that comes with you know the perks of making some cash off of this brand new song. Mm-hmm. And mm, if there's one thing I know about this pod, pal, it's that we always are thinking about you know. Uh, who benefits? That's right. The, the bottom line, who's, whose bread is getting buttered mm, here? Yes, exactly. Um, That's right. And so there are cases of interpolation, I would argue, that are not exactly nostalgia plays because they are, uh, I don't know, debatable, I would say, yes. as to whether we're actually having some clear... Bar- melody borrowing right that is okay. that is meant to sort of be an ode to a previous song or if we're just if we have our lawyers out saying "Ooh, hey you know what i just heard i just heard a track that sounds kind of like your track yeah why don't yep. we try to get you in on this yep okay so that's that's hugely important to mention uh because um without going too far afield here because mm. we don't want to dive too far into sort of the 
illegal aspects and the plagiarism of this. Yeah. Um, at least I don't, Tim, because I know this pod is a, a tight, you know, 47 minutes a lot of the time. <laughs> and and we just, we simply don't have the storage space to, uh, to double or triple that, which we could do mm. with this topic. Um, but yeah, th- so uh, there are many examples of people, I guess, intentionally or unintentionally that's between them and god and their managers and um the other artists <laughs> but <laughs> interpolating melodies that already exist for example sam smith with his hit stay with me yes um he originally he, he wrote that thinking cool song i wrote here and it was a cool song he wrote there oh won't you stay with me uh, guess who got credit on that? You don't have to guess, I'll tell you. It was Tom Petty, because Stay With Me sounds a lot like... And so... And that, that phrasing, uh, Tom Petty is listed as a writer on that song because Sam Smith, I would guess unintentionally, interpolated that uh, because that's, that's a sequence of notes that is not that difficult to um, come up with, right? It's a really, it's an interesting fine line and the, like you said, the legality, sort of the, the, legal questions that can be raised with this are numerous and they are yes and, yes and tough to get into here just you know as as two little dummies but <laughs> when we're working within the confines of uh, the 12 tone scale that we have uh you know mm. <laughs> that we're all really comfortable with here in the western hemisphere um, yes and we're working particularly with pop music where we love certain chords mm-hmm. and certain melodies work in those chords. Mm-hmm. It's 2021. We've been doing, you know, quote unquote popular music as I guess, as we recognize it for like a hundred years, kind of like, you know, with guitars and, and whatnot, like yep. we're coming up on the century mark. We're we're gonna we're running out of melodies. We're running out. Well, look, okay, so that's that's I mean my question, my thought. Like hmm. why is this happening? Is it because all of the good melodies have already been taken and we have no other ideas that hmm. can't infringe on uh copyright laws or are we just being lazy? Are we doing nostalgia plays? Is it a combination of all those things? Sure, probably. Uh, but Tim, like you said, it is actually a very, it's a huge thing. Let me read you Tom Petty's statement about Please. the Sam Smith situation. Quote, about the Sam Smith thing. Let me say, I've never had any hard feelings towards Sam. All my years of songwriting have shown me that these things can happen. Most times you catch it before it gets out the studio door, but in this case it got by. Sam's people were very understanding of our predicament, and we easily came to an agreement. So here, I mean, it, it's clearly a case of Tom Petty's people had their ear to the ground, and they said, ooh, you hear this new single that's climbing the <laughs> charts? Don't you think those notes are kind of this? The case feels flimsy, and and I know, if we took every know, individual man. case, not every case is this flimsy. We referenced the Juice World versus Yellow Card situation once. Yes, oh yes, Tim, you may be going here already, but yeah. Further information on that, folks, is <laughs> that uh, Sting, the the sort of nylon string acoustic guitar riff that serves as the main riff for Lucid Dreams. I still see your shadows in my room. Can't take back the love that I gave you. Is in fact from a song that Sting wrote and recorded. 
called Shape of My Heart. He deals the cards as a meditation And those he plays never suspect Uh, which and what's actually kind of funny about that is that the the fellow who produced Lucid Dreams was very mad about that, and he literally tweeted that uh, Sting had taken eighty five percent of the credit for Lucid Dreams, and then tweeted also for interpolating Shape of My Heart, not even sampling it. Right, mm. so this guy understands that he did interpolate it, but that is not a flimsy case. That is outright. Well, actually, that's theft if you're not giving credit for it. And right. Sting realized that, and Sting's getting eighty-five percent, and he's pleased as punch. Of course uh, he is. <laughs> I, right. So yeah, we could spend five hours going down every interesting case of this. Um, yes. Did we not uh, just just one more popping into the into the old dome here into the old into the old mind palace? Uh, <laughs> did we not have uh, Robin Thicke kind of getting getting trouble uh, over blurred lines? Oh, that's right. From Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye's estate came at him. Yes, interestingly enough, uh, some there was another guy who said that Marvin Gaye had also ripped that off from somebody else. That's right. So, so yes, it's a yeah, it's an endless uh, mess at this point. Yes, it is. It, it is a field day for all of you copyright or you know you you lawyers out there who want to help these artists make a buck. But not every but. case is is a clear. Like, you have these Sam Smith examples where a person is just songwriting and you're gonna, you are going to stumble into some melodies that have been written already. There's a finite number of possibilities here. Yes. Well, and when you think about it, too, when we're talking about pop music, we're talking about, in general, between four and six chords <laughs> yeah man right i mean that's that is reductive but i'm not really wrong and no. it's a matter it's a matter of rearranging all these things uh so that it is original and it, you know what incredible job so far guys like it, <laughs> you've done really good work with those four to six chords but there are really so so many cases that are brought to court and either settlement or trial where it's like come on man katie perry came out with dark horse and uh there was a guy named uh flame who claimed that she had stolen some of his ideas and his song was a christian rap song from 2008 and they were suing for almost three million in damages and at at that point you're like well i mean maybe (laughs) yeah do we (laughs) right do we really suspect that katie uh heard that and then right dumped it into her long-term memory and then Plucked it out in the studio. Yes. Uh, right. I mean, uh, it's maybe. possible. <laughs> I mean, at this point, if 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 someone really wanted to game the system, Matt, here's an idea for you. Why don't you do this? Why not release an album of fifty thousand songs and use the same four chords? And come up with 50,000 melodies and do it where, you know how, like, you just change, like, one letter of a word and then one more letter and one more letter and then, you, you know, you, you start with watermelon and then you end up with whatever, <laughs> some, you know, like, uh, guacamole. I, yeah, you know I, what I'm I, saying? See, I see what you're getting at, yeah. Why not just make, why not make every iteration of every possible melody right now, record them all, put your name on them, and call them yours and then just watch the money flow in. Like, has that argument been made? Like, what? at what point is it sort of like, no, you don't, you're a small-time artist who, who who's, 
mixtape never made it out of like the three counties you toured in in Wyoming, mm. I don't think you get to sue Coldplay for using At, your melody. At what point do we reach that that stage where it's like, mm, no, you don't have a case? Well, right, and you know what, buddy, uh, you don't get to because you you have. There's a legal term for it that I either never knew or simply have forgotten in this moment. Uh. You have to prove uh, that this song was would have been feasibly accessible ah. to the to the artist who uh, is being accused of ripping it off. Did Katy Perry hear a Christian rap song in 2008 <laughs> and file it away in her memory bank and rip it off later? Again, maybe. Not impossible. But, <laughs> but uh, when you take that to court, that seems like you maybe just want $3 million, uh, which fair, but <laughs> yeah, yes. Definitely. And, and, and look, there's because of the widespread trend of interpolation, and I'm going to say shameless and bold-faced, although I don't mean that it's a negative to interpolate, but like if you hear uh, that fastball song in that Camila Cabello song, with Machine Gun Kelly or whatever it was. I think that's right. Yep, that's right. You don't think, oh, sick new song. You think, oh, this is from that song that I sort of remember. Yeah, it's, a, right? it's a reference, I understand. Yeah. Right. Yep. And and that, I mean, I don't love it as a <laughs> as a methodology, but uh-huh. it, it does work. And we, we see it so often that it's easy to hear something that kind of sounds like a different thing as some of the same notes and maybe similar phrasing and say, well, somebody owes me $3 million (laughs) and credit. You feel bad in a way for the Marvin Gaye estate for, or you you feel bad for Tom Petty's estate, right? Mm, Having to, you know, Call up Tom and say, while well, Tom was alive, uh, and say, "Hey, Bud, guess guess what? Yeah, here's how you're gonna buy your new boat. Yes, we f- well, we found a way. I will. I do want to say, yeah. I'm not an old man screaming at clouds here. In this particular instance, I think that there's still brand new, fresh music being made. Well, tons right. of original stuff. Uh, I don't think that music has gotten worse. And I think for people, anyone who is um, aging, I guess, uh-huh. and I mean that in any sense. It's it's hard to to hear new stuff for a lot of people and be like, "Oh, this is still good," because you love you love what you've heard before, which right. probably plays into why we're still hearing what we've heard before. Yeah. I think it's I think there's a lot of great new stuff, but you can't swing a cat in through the Billboard Top 40 and not <laughs> hit something <laughs> that is going to be pay dirt for somebody, right? I mean... Yeah. And and it is... It's like it makes one cynical and it's it's disheartening um, to see this sort of gold rush on established artists who, to be frank, can handle that. They'll be fine. Um, and I guess if the proletariat wants to rise up and try and squeeze a little blood from a stone, <laughs> sure. I mean, I do understand, <laughs> but but it it sort of diminishes to me. I mean, it it makes it makes me feel like. So, do you guys not understand what game you're in here? I don't think that it's gotten this bad, but you you worry that it could create sort of a chilling effect on new artists like yeah you sh- if you are an up-and-coming songwriter you shouldn't have to live in fear that you're accidentally going to stumble onto a melody that was recorded in 1975 that you've never heard or maybe you heard like you know <laughs> a long time ago and just it's just to have to worry like uh-oh this totally original creation of mine might just happen to share a lot of the same qualities of something that exists already uh, before deciding to, you know, share it with the world. And 
if that's the direction that we're headed, it's only going to get worse because there are only going to be more new melodies added to this pool of possible, uh, you know, of, of of songs to be interpolated. Yeah, and it's it's a so it's a massive massive pool but it is a finite pool and there are a lot of people writing songs out there Mm -hmm. and you know what when we were younger tim Mm. when you and i were just mere boys uh i think we may have and correct me if i'm wrong here because i am speaking for both of us Mm -hmm. which i do have the right to do absolutely uh (laughs) i think we had a real visceral negative reaction to a lot of interpolation. Yes. Kind of no matter what. Yes. Right? Yes. Because we would hear something that we had heard before and say, doesn't anybody have original ideas anymore? Uh-huh. This world is going to hell in a handbasket. Uh-huh. I can't believe that, you know, everyone is so stupid and bad at their job. Mitt Romney and- has the answer. I bet we would have said then. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think, <laughs> I think of, um, I there was no time that I hated the Black Eyed Peas more than uh, when they uh, lifted. I had the time of my life for uh, Dirty Bit. Remember that song? Oh, do I? Ever. I mean, right. I remember being furious. Smasher. the time of my life, and I never felt this way before, and I swear. This is true, and I Yes, but but look, here's honestly, and this feels like this feels like uh, uh, some mint toothpaste for me. This feels like a real refresher now because there's one song <laughs> that I sort of love to just chuckle about. Um, it's not a good song. It's not a great song, but it is a song, and it's called "2002" by. Anne Marie. I will always remember the day you kissed my lips, light as a feather. And it went just like this. No, it's never been better than the summer of 2002. Oh no. <laughs> I'm worried. <laughs> now, Tim, there's a there's a clue in the title here. Uh <laughs> Which, you know, is the mark of a good song. Yes. Uh, this is a song just about listening to music in 2002. But it's not really about that. It's more about an unbelievable and, dare I say, unprecedented level of interpolation. And it went like this, say, oops, I Hold up, if you want to go it doesn't make me feel great, but it does make me laugh. Uh, because, we're, li- you know, we all just heard that chorus, right? And we've heard this song before and maybe not thought a ton about it because it is sort of fluff. Yeah, yeah. But, but this song just, <laughs> it just rules because I... There are at least 19 writers who are credited. Oh, I'm sure. On this song. I mean, it's a wealth redistribution project, essentially. It's Buddy, that's I mean, that's exactly right. Let's let's give a little boost to several of my favorite artists uh, just for fun. When I heard that song for the first time, I mean, artistically it's garbage and fine. Sure. But as a as a business endeavor, mm-hmm. it is a shining example of exactly how to do it because they cleared all of this with everybody. <laughs> everybody got paid. Nobody got sued, and <laughs> everyone. You know, I mean, I hope all they're already. I hope they all went out and had drinks after. You know, get. Yeah, I hope. <laughs> Every last one of them, all the buddies who got on board and accidentally wrote that song together. Mm -hmm. To wrap this up, I guess, I would just say, and you know this too, pal, of course, not every piece of new music needs to somehow, you know, be uh, this generational, genre-redefining 
uh, envelope-pushing piece of art. Music can just be fun. As we, I think, talked about a little bit in our country music discussion. Sometimes the purpose mm-hmm. of music is just to have something there to to drink to, right? And great. Like you said, as a commercial endeavor, fabulous. Um, you know, not, not everyone's cup of tea. But if you're going to do it, do it that way. That's what I would say. If you're, if you're going to interpolate on purpose, why not interpolate 15 or 20 songs all yeah, at once? Yeah, there you go. Send everybody's lawyers the forms, figure it all out, get it locked and loaded, and then then you're good to go. Otherwise, we have this just horrible gray area that is so difficult to get out of and so easy to get into. And again, Tim, as I feel like I've ended too many of our <laughs> our connected thoughts like this, but I don't have a solution. I, I'm not gonna. I don't have mm-hmm. advice for uh, what to do better. I mean, maybe if you play in um, a, diff- a different mode or different scales, or don't try to do pop music, it's easier. But this is pop music. There's, uh, we have limited options and sometimes you do your best and you end up ripping off somebody like Tom Petty. It's nobody's fault. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, Buckaroo, if we're going to keep doing this podcast at some point, we may want to have some solutions on tap. Yeah. Well, (laughs) look, everyone listening, we do, we're doing this in real time. We... (laughs) I mean, we, we look, we do the work, we do the research, we, we, we learn a lot about it, but um, far be it from us to, to present you with a recipe for um, success or any solution. Although, Tim, I do agree, I bet we would get picked up by iHeart if we helped out a little yeah. bit. Yeah, in a, in a flash, I think. But until then, we will fumble along. Uh, and uh, we will take a break and say that Ear Buddies will return in a moment. I know you're still living your life after death. This episode of Ear Buddies <laughs> is brought to you by Space Jam, a new legacy. What's up, Matt? <laughs> oh, Tim, it is a delight to be buddies with you. We sometimes you just throw me for a loop and I'm I'm surprised and delighted just like the old days. Suffering Succotash! Your favorite Looney Tunes gang is back with a new adventure uh, that will remind you of an old adventure and probably several other old adventures. I mean, speaking of interpolation, bud, Mm. uh, does that exist in film? Because if it does, this is sort of a Anne-Marie 2002 situation, I think. Uh, We have LeBron James stepping into the Michael Jordan role of the 1996 hit film Space Jam <laughs> uh, to sort of get, you know, warped into a horrific cosmic world <laughs> where cartoons are alive and basketball matters. And, <laughs> and you know, antics ensue from there. What a well, fabulous opportunity for brand synergy. Well, isn't that just it, Tim? Uh, and I think this is this is really great. And this is sort of uh, things like this happen here on the pod, and it just strengthens my belief in an almighty God who cares about us and has a plan for our lives. Because <laughs> look, a lot of the times, just sorry to interrupt. A lot of the times, yeah, yeah, I know yeah, you got it. We have listeners who are frustrated here, I'm sure, because you have been seeing Space Jam adverts everywhere. But look. We take the money as it comes. We don't have the time or the energy to 
you know, try to cull the herd here and pick out only our favorite advertisers. We need the money. And so yep. when Warner Brothers comes calling, we answer. That's so right. just I, I, deal with it for one week. The movie is going <laughs> to come and go like every movie does. It'll be fine. But today, this week, we have to say some nice positive things about this feature film. Matt, go on. Sure. Well, yeah, and I think it is nice and positive, and it is a great little... Uh, it's just cool that Warner Brothers got to us when they did because we were doing this episode, and it mm. is really all about... Uh, well, I guess, I mean, interpolation, right? These are all characters that you already know and already love and watched on the television um, back when you were, I don't know, four years old. Your parents watched them years ago. It's people like Porky Pig and Duck Duck Goose and... and uh, Omar from The Wire. That, that's right. All Warner Brothers intellectual <laughs> property. And what better way to get a Tony big Soprano. <laughs> what better way to get a big summer blockbuster hall than to put all of them in a big room together and just let them bounce off of each other. Okay, it's full great. disclosure. Full disclosure. <laughs> Matt and I, we've seen the film. We loved it. We loved it. We can't give away some of the biggest cameos and the biggest references uh, that will leave you hollering and screaming in delight. But we can give away a few. I already gave away one. Yep, Omar from The Wire. He is indeed in this film. It is a riot when he shows up in the fourth quarter. Uh, 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 the guy from King of the Hill, he's there. Can you all, believe it? Actually, all the guys... Yeah. are there the whole right the whole fam damley shows up from uh, <laughs> from king of the hill unbelievable moment um <laughs> don draper don draper you, there is this whole there's this extended uh prestige difficult men uh <laughs> uh tv uh sequence where it is reference upon reference tony soprano walter white Dexter shows up. It's it is a laugh riot, and I gotta say the way LeBron works off of uh, all of their personalities was fabulous. Oh boy, he is he's like Bob Hope. He's like I'll go further. He's like Jim Gaffigan. He is so gifted as a as a comic actor, both verbally and physically, that it's surprising that he's still playing with the New York Mets, because you would think <laughs> that he would just be doing stand-up. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a magnificent endeavor and and accomplishment as well. I mm -hmm. mean, you see, and like you said, Tim, obviously not going to give away everything, but no, when, you know, when there's that scene where you we meet all the characters from The Walking Dead who died, who we thought were dead, <laughs> but they're here... With us now, and the and the, the theme song comes in. It's unbelievable. What a well, moment. and it, what's 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 most incredible over all, I would say, is the fact that I didn't realize that Warner Brothers <laughs> owned all this stuff, and it's just, it's so they must have spent they must have spent I am not joking billions of dollars to purchase. Oh, Lord. <laughs> All, all the rights to all these characters. All that IP. It's insane. Yeah. Um, one more of my favorite moments is just when Bugs is uh, tearing down the court with the basketball and going for a layup and is blocked by one of the monstrosities from Attack on Titan. Um, it is simply uh, absurd and absolutely out of left field. A reference that only the true anime heads get, um, but such a such a gift for those folks. That's what I love about this film is it is sort of a bunch of gifts, individually wrapped, mm -hmm. for people for lovers of pop culture and sports, uh, and and the the way Daffy and Tweety Bird, uh, and and, uh, and and of course Bugs. Yes, of course, bugs work inter interact with all of these 
established pieces of intellectual property from around the pop culture sphere. I mean, it's it's simply to die for. It is. Um, the movie is four and a half hours long, which <laughs> it has to be. Okay, it, it has to be. And let's be clear, it felt long. <laughs> well, it, it felt long, but they they had clearly trimmed as much of the fat as they could, which I do appreciate. <laughs> but if you're going to try it, <laughs> I mean, if you're going to spend that kind of money uh, to bring us a, a movie, I you can't, it's hard to leave people out. So, you know, you get the South Park guys, you get Lucille Ball from I Love Lucy and her whole neighborhood crew. <laughs> Everyone is there. Everyone has right. a little moment. Um, and like you said, Tim, it, it's it's so many individually wrapped gifts. If you don't, perhaps you don't, you're not able to open all of them, mm. but stick around because there is at some point in, in those four and a half hours where you were going to, it'll be something just for you. <laughs> and it'll feel so worth the wait and worth the money in the 3D glasses the po- the the mid credits scene and i i hate to spoil this but i i simply must when uh bugs and elmer fudd are standing out in the desert and elmer says say my name and bugs says what what, nah, nah. what are you talk what are you talking about and elmer says you know my name say it and bugs says you're Eh, you're Elmer Fudd. And Fudd says, you're goddamn right. And then the Breaking Bad music starts playing. I mean, what a payoff and what a callback. (sighs) I just loved it. I loved the film. (laughs) Well, and you clearly love AMC as well, which I think... (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but, but, but that's the thing. It's just, it's really fun. Here, look, here's my final Daff, word. Daffy Duck goes, because that's what the money's for. <laughs> my, my final word on this film is that it is delicately illustrated it is artfully rendered and it is fun for the whole family eventually at some point the whole family will have fun it's space jam a new legacy arriving in theaters july 16th and on hbo max and probably on amc based on everything i saw space jam Welcome back to Ear Buddies. Buddy? Hey, buddy. Wanted to uh, add to our arsenal of segments here today. Oh! Oh, that's thrilling. We're doing so good with these. Yeah, the live tour is going to be a a hoot. (laughs) Um, Let's let's do a new segment that I like to call Song Exploder. Okay, that's really, it sounds fun, it sounds fresh, I'm on board no matter what happens. What we're going to do in Song Exploder is deconstruct a song uh, and go, you know, into the story of how it came to be and where it exists now in the cultural space and why we remember it the way we do. And to start this segment off, I can think of no better track than the song that today, as you listen, if you're listening on the day this app releases, July 5th, 2021, is 10 years old. That, of course, is Somebody That I Used to Know by Gautier and Kimbra. Thank you. 
song rocks, dude. When it came out, I loved it. And now yep. 10 years later, I still love it. Yeah. What's wrong with this song? Nothing, man. It rules. No, it really it's that's a really good tune. It is a um fascinating one-hit wonder example. This song went platinum as many times as Old Town Road. Ooh, Think that doesn't that. sound right. No, dude, it's true. <laughs> but it doesn't sound right. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I believe it's 14 times platinum. I could be wrong, but huge, huge song. And then we never heard from Gautier again. So when we found them, we could not make sense. Great vocals. Good melodies. Great hook. Great hook. Killer chorus that we only get to hear twice. So we've been talking about interpolation. Um, and we have a fairly new song that uh, that our guy Gautier uh, is credited as a songwriter on because of, you guessed it, a case of interpolation. Bud, you know what I'm talking about? I think I do. Let's, uh, let's explode this song. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to hold on. Heaven is a place now. It's Justin Bieber. Do you hear it? Well, Tim, I do hear it. Um, I hear what you're talking about. And the reason I hear it is because I am listening very carefully for it, and I am a trained musician, and I know what I'm listening for. Now, do you think, Tim... That most people, with the exception of Gautier's legal team, uh, do you think when they hear that Justin Bieber chorus that they think, oh, well, that's somebody that I used to know? I do not think that. I don't think so either. That is the biggest reach I have heard in a long time as far as claiming credit. So we're saying that if you make a leap that's like this Didn't have to cut me off That is enough to get Gautier paid I guess it is And that, Tim, Hmm. circles very nicely back to the point that you made prior Which I love to do in an ep because it sounds like we... (laughs) Uh, are doing a better job than we've <laughs> we've mm-hmm. done, but really, and I'm not going to get into uh, the muck here, especially at the end of an episode during a fun little little new segment that we invented called Song Exploder. <laughs> but when you, when you're thinking about these melodies, that is just intervals on a scale, yeah. right? And going from one to the other. Uh, is not copyrightable. Um, the first two notes of Somewhere Over the Rainbow, that's an octave jump. We have mm-hmm. somewhere, right? Same yeah. note, one octave up. Uh, if you do that in a song, you're not paying whoever wrote that song. <laughs> and I would say even if... Because I think the case that... Gautier or his people could make, right? Is that it's not just the interval, it's the timing of the interval, right? It's um, the da-da-da comes right on the downbeat. If you line them up, sure, the, the rhythm of the melody and the notes of the melody match for, like, four whole notes. 
I... I can see it. But, just like if you were to do your own song uh, with an octave jump, like you just described, and even have the notes land on, you know, half notes or whatever, somewhere, or do something else, you know, different word, whatever. That does not necessarily, to me, qualify as interpolation. It's it's a tough gray area, like you called it earlier, because there is no real way to quantify it and draw a line in the sand, it seems. If there is a line in the sand, I don't know what it is. Before we go, let me just say, if anyone deserves cash after somebody that I used to know came out, in my opinion, it would be our friend Sting. It's not his fault that his voice, when he sings in his higher register, sounds a lot like it might be uh, (laughs) our buddy Sting. So, a great week for Sting here um, on on this pod. Do you know that Sting came out and performed this song with Gautier at the Grammys that year? Uh, I did know that, but I didn't remember until just now. That makes a ton of sense. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, so if you're Sting or his people... Uh, and I mean, hey, Sting, if you'd like to come on the pod just to talk about your own work and career, honestly, we'd love that. Um, we will put aside any of our feelings about <laughs> anything. Um, and I I think we would be uh, deferential and respectful. And I think we'd, we would treat you very nicely if you wanted to come on the pod. So I'm just speaking to an audience of one here. But Sting, if yeah. you're there, um, come on here, buddies. It would be great to just have a little chat. I would love to talk to Sting. <sighs> Maybe someday. Maybe uh, someday. Talk to you later, buddy. Talk to you later, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>